and welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. This month, we're doing episode 39, Nosferatu the Vampire. Uh, you can check out our website, www.GoldenAgeHorror.com, for more information and show notes. So Nosferatu the Vampire is a 1979 German film, directed by Werner Herzog, starring Klaus Kinski, Isabella Johnny, Bruno Gans, and Roland Topper. Um... This film is a remake of the F.W. Murnau 1922 Nosferatu, which is an adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Andrew. Yes. yes. Would you like to summarize Nosferatu the Vampire? So Nosferatu the Vampire starts with Jonathan Harker being sent by Renfield to Transylvania because a lovely gentleman named Count Dracula wants to buy a new house. Once there, Count Dracula creeps on him a little, gives him a little nibble, and then heads off on a ship to, uh, I forget the place, Wizzar? It's something to that effect. Some German town. Wismar. Wismar. Okay, I, got, I missed one letter. Anyway. So he gets there. Leaving Jonathan behind. Now, at this point, Renfield has been imprisoned on counts of just general insanity. And, um... Well, he was committed to an asylum after biting a cow. Yeah. Because the blood is life. Yeah. Life is blood. And Dracula sends a bunch of plague rats onto the city. Creeps hard on Lucy, Jonathan Harker's wife. I believe she is. Yep. Lucy Harker is character's name. Yes. And no one believes her. She thinks... Because, you know, the ship is... Everyone's dead of the plague. Everyone's contracting the plague. And no one believes her. But she's right. And then she kills Dracula. And that's the film. Excellent. Well, she doesn't kill Dracula. Van Helsing kills Dracula, but she she sets him up on a silver platter. Yeah, I mean, um, interesting interpretation is that Lucy, like, well, Lucy was basically playing the Mina Harker role traditionally. Yeah, sort of. Yep. So these movies dump all, all the different mashups of the characters from the novel. I mean, it's weird that I think every version of Dracula that we've watched on the show has completely avoided the uh, the uh, gang of adventurers that's in the original Dracula. What? Well, because there's the doctor, there's the cowboy guy. Oh, right. Something like something. The aristocrat. Something Morris is the do- Quincy Morris. Quincy Morris. Is, I remember him. Yeah. There's uh, Lord Godalming. The only one I know is Quincy Morris because. And, uh, Seward as well as Harker and Van Helsing they all go off and trace tra- tra- Dracula through Europe which is just a plot plan that's completely missing but now is, now is that present in like the 90s Bram Stoker's Dracula it is is that the only one where it's present I don't know um, 
I can't. I don't think I've seen another Dracula where it's present. There's another Christopher Lee Dracula that's not a Hammer Dracula that I think is pretty close to the movie. Oh, okay. I also haven't seen the Frank Langella one from this. Also from around the same time as this movie. Yeah. Which we could do at some point. There's. I mean, there's a lot of Dracula movies. Yeah. Oh, oh you don't say. So, um, I couldn't say if uh, there was other ones that had the whole gang in them. Well, I mean, like notable films. Mm. Well. But um. Another thing these all these Dracula adaptations do is just sort of, um, they do they do mix they mix and match the characters you know like uh, in the first in the Bela Lugosi Dracula, they have the character of Renfield does a lot of the stuff that Jonathan Harker does in the book, like go to Dracula's yeah. castle and all that stuff. And Jonathan Harker does what a new character does like yeah Jonathan uh, Jonathan Harker I think is played by. Um, uh, his name escapes me, but he was in a bunch of Jonathan David Manners, maybe. In that movie, Jonathan Harker plays the role of you know era appropriate male male protagonist. Yeah, he's sort of a one of the many generic love interests. He's like, I'm in love with it, this lady. I hope no monsters steal her. But uh, this movie um, does do that with Lucy uh, Westernra and Mina Harker, who are conflated into like one character, one character sort of. Although there's another. Mina character but um which I think is might might be what's the case that uh in the Nosferatu film the Mina's character's name was Lucy uh, but I'm not sure um but also interestingly is that uh as you said Lucy is the heroine yes and a fairly active one She's the one voice of reason in the film. Just one voice of reason, and she, the one voice of action. And she does. She even um, is responsible for the death of Dracula, in that she kills him by sacrificing her life and uh, distracting Dracula long enough for the sun to render him comatose, and then Van Helsing setting Van Helsing up for a staking. Yeah, a nice bloody staking too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did actually. I like this movie quite a bit. Yeah, um, it's totally wildly different than yeah it's, all the other Dracula movies we've seen so far. It's, it's a very strange movie. Um, according to the making of that we watched on the the Blu-ray, um, Herzog considers the original film to be. I can't remember if he said the greatest German film of all time or just one of the greatest. I think he said the greatest German film of all time. Um, I was like, wow, that's a strong statement. You know, he... German expressionism is obviously like this... um, medium-defining movement for cinema. Well, Nosferatu itself, isn't that a cinema-defining film? It is in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those movies... Like, all those movies... Those German movies from that time have had such a huge effect on all the movies that came after it. Um, and Nosferatu is probably one of the best of those films. It's um, it, it's notable even today because of how effective, like the makeup is and yeah. and things like that. Like it's still a very um, it's very simple makeup. That creates a very striking image, but also like a very inhuman image. Yeah, it's it's still I it's still it, it leapfrogs um, many movies that came after it as still managing to frighten 
people. It, like, I bet if you showed a young child that movie, they would still be scared of Max Shrek as Nosferatu in the original. I think that's actually my favorite looking Dracula mm. of all the Draculas. It just... Because it's just in... Like, what a world of difference having the fangs in the middle mm-hmm. makes. Well, they, they make the choice. Um, a lot of other Draculas... And vampires, they they in the in the novel he becomes all sorts of different animals. Yeah, and and a lot of other they focus on. Um, Dracula is like this canine predatory creature, but in the Nosferatu movies, they instead make him more of a rat. Like he's, they model him after the the plague rat. Like he's the biggest plague rat. Yeah. Um. And it it's sort of interesting that um. The um, the novel Dracula is definitely about, well, it's about more than one thing, but certainly one of the main themes is the uh, this fear of outside influence on, um, on, I guess, traditional British culture at the time, on... on um, just on the women of England, on 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 the on the proper noun society. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was inspired by um, like societal upheaval at the time. I'm not a Dracula scholar. No, really. I'm not a Victorian scholar either. But mm. um, it's very possible that there could have been an Eastern European immigration situation in England at the time that inspired that. Right. And, you know, something that they say about um, groups of immigrants and things like that, especially in the past, but also today, is that they're carrying diseases or things things like that, you know, like yeah. they're they're making us less safe. And it's almost like the Murnau film and the, the this one, the Herzog film, dialed into that by making Dracula... Not a, a a seductive force, but a a like a force of nature that carries death and disease. Yeah, rather like, than it's like you know, Dracula's not like a people are in the you know in the neighboring countries are afraid of you know Count Dracula or hear whispers of his castle. But when Dracula shows up to you know the Vismar, no one's like, oh well, we got to fight this Dracula. No one believes her. Mm-hmm. Because isn't that they think all oh, this is just the plague coming? This is just our, our inevitable death that awaits us all. And, and definitely, this film's a lot more um, decompressed than the Murnau film. Yeah, like there's a lot more of uh, wistful looking at windows. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more like just shots, but there's also more. Um, I think especially because of how old the Murnau film is, it's not allowed to be as thoughtful. As many people thinking, having quiet contemplations about death. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the story has a lot more space. Like, yeah. like a lot more things can happen. Like, if you, silent films have a tendency to be vignettes that are strung together. Right. Interspersed with title cards and other things. They aren't really, like... The, the grammar of film hadn't, I guess, advanced to the point where you could do things like the way Herzog does things in this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, this movie is is uh, very effective for in a lot of ways. I think that 
certainly the pacing is is not to everyone's taste no, especially it, the first maybe half an hour of the film no it is very like this movie strikes me as a very prototypical like how an American would view a European film mm-hmm. like it's it's slow it's slow there's long scenes of no talking sometimes no people mm-hmm. and there's like the there's no clear like there's an antagonist but there's not a clear opposition to an antagonist that's like a rah rah let's rally the troops yeah no one's being rallied um yeah he he spends like uh I think it's like the first half an hour or more of the movie with lots of shots of the German countryside and the I guess the Transylvanian countryside as as Harker's making the journey from uh Vismar to um, Transylvania, yeah, and Dracula Town, Transylvania, New Dracula's Land, and um, I think it's partially because when when they get to Dracula's castle, uh, it's everything's filmed like super claustrophobically. Yeah, I, I wanted to mention this is my favorite Dracula's castle as well. Why? It, why so? It feels because it feels very alien, and it feels kind of like. It feels infinitely large. You think so? Yeah. I thought every shot in it was like almost designed to be cramped. Well, no, I mean it's cramped, but I mean it feels like the hallways lead, like the cat, like the the space of the castle just keeps going, like it mm. keeps going into new halls and into new rooms. It it definitely is is filmed in such a way as just like I I, I think I'm remembering the part yeah. where he like wakes up and he's trying to escape, right? And he just keeps like turning corner. He like. Well, the camera moves. He doesn't really get, he doesn't really turn corners, but yeah. he like moves from area to area of the castle, and it's just like it could be how it's filmed, or it could be how the castle's laid yeah. out. But it's very like it's like nonsensical. Like nothing. Like nothing's bringing him. He wants to leave, but nothing's bringing him there. He just brings him to more castle, right? And not in like a, it just like feels very like uh, every. But it, piece that he discovers is very unexpected, right? And but at the same time, he feels trapped because he's he's just winds up in a bunch of small hallways usually. Yeah. Well, I remember the dining room scene, um, which is one of the uh, yeah. I guess we're gonna guess we're gonna keep doing this for most of the part movie, but one of the best interpretations of that scene. Yeah. Where, um, I mean, it's it's largely due to Kinski, I think, and his performance. But um, the that room looks like like they're in the back of a bus or something like that and it's just like you've got the table takes up most of the room and they're just cramped up together almost top of each other and you can barely even see him yeah you like you see mostly his um <laughs> uh, right so no yeah because because Dracula's like cloak thing which I want to talk about his cloak too Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the paintings about his cloak. Okay, because it's so dark and like his skin is so pale, like you can almost like just it's pretty much like for the most part, it's his head is like the only thing you can really make out in the scene, mm-hmm. at least from my viewing angle, until like his hands emerge and they just like appear and they're just like nice and long and spindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the the choices they made with this Dracula are really are kind of strange. Like, at no point does he ever overpower anyone, I don't think. No, he does, like, his Dracula trance thing a little. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, like, usually, like... like Well, I guess it, it depends, but he's... Several times in the movie, like, he just sort of, like... 
almost like pleadingly looks at the uh, yeah the prey, and they just like really like half-heartedly shrug him away, and he just looks completely defeated. Yeah, well, I mean, he he has that. There's that scene where he's talking about like he's wistful about how he can't die. Yep. He's like, how do you live? Like you live centuries of boredom. Like what do you do when you when you can't die? Which is just a really interesting. It's just they 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 just it characterized Dracula for once. They did characterize. I mean, yeah, definitely. He's not he's not just a mindless monster, but he's also not motivated by anything. He's motivated by instinct, but he there's a sense that he realized like he's not like invested in being Dracula. Hmm. He's not into like his big flourishing capes and his pendants, and just menacingly draculing around. But it's just kind of like that's why they shrug him off because he's kind of just doing something he kind of needs to do. And what else is he gonna do? He's Dracula. That's fair. He's got to live somehow. Um. Yeah. Um. And the Kinski performance is is, is good. Yes. Um, I guess the makeup took four hours. Oh, that's a lot of hours. Yeah, he's a notorious, uh, notoriously short-tempered person. Oh. <laughs> um, aside from other things, I mean, I don't, we don't have to go into Kolskinski, but he's not a very good person. But um, <laughs> regardless, he's. I, I think there's um, lots of videos of him flipping out on YouTube with at Herzog in particular. So, uh, you know, him doing a four-hour makeup is... Well, it's important to German cinema. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. um, Yeah, there are lots of tie... There are lots of uh, shots that resemble the original film. I think you pointed out at least one when we were watching. With the doorway. Yep. Which is what I think... What It's what I think of whenever I think of Nosferatu. Yeah, the doorway, yep. Is that shot of him standing in the doorway. Very still, very kind of like rigid and awkward. And you do get a lot more... Um, You get a lot more of the vampire in this movie than you do in the original because I think in the original movie, Shrek's only on screen for a few handful of scenes. He's not. He's definitely not gallivanting around as much. No, definitely not. So, um, why don't we pick out something good about the movie in particular? Our favorite part. Oh, okay. Sounds like a good thing. Um. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I you okay. go? Go ahead. no, you can go. I think that well, I guess I've already talked about it quite a bit, but I think my favorite part is definitely uh, uh, any part where Kinski's on scene on screen. Um, you know, actually, I'd like to amend that. I wish I could remember the exact scene. Yeah, and maybe I'll I'll look it up and post it on the website or something. But there's a part where I can't remember the exact bit of dialogue, but there's a part where um what the hell is it? Lucy is uh giving a monologue that's like very uh very Herzogian. Yeah, and I think that was one of my favorite parts. Um, other than other than Herzog, other than Kinski being on screen. Um, I'm doing his weird version of Dracula, so I'll, I'll try to look for that scene. And uh, what part was it during? Do you remember the exact? I, it might have been, might have been while they were near the on the beach, okay, or in the graveyard. All right. 
yeah. I wish I had written it down, but there's a nice bench spot in the graveyard. Yeah, the graveyard the graveyard overlooking the cliffs there. Yeah. Seems like a terrible place to put a graveyard given the given like erosion and things like that. Yeah, but. yeah. Well But it's a great place people get really sad during visiting graveyards. Mm. Right off. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was the well, that was the intent. It's very very efficient. Yeah. And then I'll have to just scoop them back up and they're there. Yeah. Circle well, of life. That's, this is a, a film that likes to think about the inevitability of death. So my favorite part, what I would have to say, is the extended degradation of Jonathan Harker. The way he like slowly disappears? Yeah. Into nothingness until he's literally trapped in a corner. Like, you know, from waking up in his frantic state... To, like his his slow like brain fever into just clearly becoming a thrall of Dracula. Well, at the end, he's actually a Dracula. And until yes, until he turns into an actual Dracula. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. A lot, a lot of times, sometimes Jack, you know, it can be it's real. It's real. It's it's real sudden. Like now I'm bit. Now I'm not bit. You don't get to see the slow burn. Like even like the the makeup slowly tacks on it becomes more pale. Mm. And they um He gets more like ragged. He becomes basically he starts like they, they like they're they're adding, okay, well here's thirty minutes of the no Sprattu makeup. Now here's an hour of the no Sprattu makeup. And it's like they um they're playing up the plague element. Yeah. Part of Dracula. You know? Like, like it's Dracula vampirism and Dracula has like an infectious disease. Yeah, like because because he's also played is very different than Renfield. Mm. Renfield is like a thrall, but he's like he's more like he's, he's under Dracula's spell. He's not infected. Yeah, he's he never really yeah he doesn't waste away. He just goes crazy. Um. And what about uh, something you didn't like about this movie? I think we might we may or may not say the same thing. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think there there was this one part like towards the middle, or towards the, like the beginning middle, like somewhere around the third of the film, like after Jonathan Harker had been bitten, but before the ship arrives. So I guess it's probably a time where like Van Helsing's talking to people and there's a bunch of old guys talking to each other. I just kind of like zoned out a little. I think that may be my sort of mirror my complaint and that. I think that um, the pacing is good and bad. Yeah. Like, it allows for some great shots, some great, like, like very novelistic style establishing shots and things like that. Yeah. But there are parts when um, definitely pieces could have been turned from this movie to bring it down a bit. Where it drags a little. Yeah. It's just... And I don't think it has to be like severely edited, no. but I think there's definitely some shots that were left in just because they were beautiful shots. Yeah. Um, I don't believe this movie passes the Bechdel test. No. Um, I don't think two women even speak. Two women do speak, but I'm pretty sure they're speaking about Jonathan Harker. Right. I forgot. Um, I mean, you know, I think the other. Mina or whoever whoever she was yeah. she must have been speaking during that part where I was zoned out 
that that weird in between phase in between the two sections of the movie. Um, I do think this movie deserves points for making uh, Lucy the, an active participant in her own fate. The only active participant. Though I think I think that in the original something similar happens. I don't really remember. I have I've seen Nosferatu I think twice, but I don't remember. I guess a lot of the specifics of it. Right. Um, it's um. Well, it does happen, I guess. Yeah. Well, at this point, like, I would still say it's worth noting if the opposite has happened. Not necessarily if it passes, but, like, obviously, most of these film only only one movie has ever passed, I think. House has definitely passed. There may have been a couple of But I can't, I don't know if any others ever did. I feel like we've had at least one other passing movie. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't, for the life of me, could not remember. Um, and that was that actually but that that brings to the way she dies brings to mind the other thing I kind of want to briefly talk about as far yes. as uh, um, something that sort of mirrors a theme from the original Dracula novel yeah and usually this is the theme that's played up a little bit more I know it's definitely like the, in the like the Lugosi version yeah it's maxed out it's like the um, the rubber bats on wing on string yep there's that and also the um, Dracula is like this um, sexual force. Yeah. So you know, obviously there was there's limits to what they could do in 1931 or whatever. Whenever Lugosi's Dracula came out, he could look like amorously. Yeah, but the the idea was definitely this was a foreigner who was coming to like, yeah, you know, do stuff. Corrupt. Yeah, corrupt exactly. Which I think is is a read a reading of the of the novel. Although not the agreed upon consensus reading of the novel, but it's just it's sort of like uh, it seems like Herzog was at least aware of different. He wanted he wanted to bring to mind all these different themes of Dracula. Yeah, because the way that uh, Lucy distracts Dracula. Uh, by offering her neck to him and he drinks her blood until the sun comes out and all that like we talked about and that felt very um, it's portrayed in a very sexual way when yeah. he does it which is um, but not in like a not an erotic way no but in like a like a lecherous way yeah like Dracula's Dracula's, Dracula's just a big creepo like mm-hmm. that's what he is He's never like a cool guy. It's never people are never like, oh, I want to hang out with Dracula. It's just like, well, I guess I'm gonna hang out with Dracula because he turned into a bat and flew into my room. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a movie where Dracula's like an actual cool guy. Yeah, he's like genuinely seductive. I mean, I guess Lugosi version has parts of that. And certain, I think they at least go for it, and they also at least go for it in the um, Francis Ford Coppola Dracula. I haven't seen that one. Well, we should watch that at some point. But with um, his big butt hair. Yep, but he's also he in different parts of the movie. He's like a younger, okay, um, more sophisticated, more sophisticated, like seductive type guy. Does he also enjoy the children of the night? I don't know if you if they quote that part. They quote a lot of different parts, and they also um, 
that movie does have some throwbacks to Nosferatu as well in it. So it's a pretty good movie. Um, they do commit like the uh, the big sin of making Dracula like. Um, you, I know you said something about them not characterizing the Dracula's a lot, but they characterize them a little bit too much, and they go in the wrong direction with them. Oh, like where the, he's not really like a monster as much. He's becoming just nothing but a man. Well, he's 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 kind of a sympathetic character, oh. which is I think a mistake. Right. Sort of misses the point. Yeah, into my mind. Because you can characterize Dracula, but still not make him very. Sympathetic, like a character now kind of like sympathetic reasons. Like, you go, Oh, attaching someone, like, oh, not knowing what to do with their life and you know, pondering the pointlessness of eternity. Well, can work on some characters who are portrayed more sympathetic in other ways, but he isn't really portrayed yeah. sympathetically as a character. Yeah, this movie's a great example. Yeah, he's just of like a Dracula that is characterized but not sympathetic because yeah. he just he holds what would be considered sympathetic beliefs. But none of his actions make him sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there should be no. And I think in that way, the the Coppola Dracula like prefigures like the Twilight thing because Dracula is like almost like a romantic figure in that movie. Or just like hot vampires. Yeah, the, the whole trend in general. But I just for Twilight is like the the peak peak hot vampire. The peak, and I think like well, at least one of the progenitors of the movement. Right. Um. Yeah. Do you, have any, do you have any closing thoughts on Nosferatu the Vampire? Oh, there was um, his cloak. His cloak. His cloak is very, like, in between classic Count and, like, New Goth. I just, that's, that's my opinion on it. Okay. Like, like it, it had that kind of sophistication, but also kind of looked like he wears wearing a leather getup with a trench coat. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Kinski was on lifts or he was this tall, but he was, like, very, like, like, he's very sort of like a perpetually like a scarecrow yeah like the the his cloak is always billowing he seems to be able to foot taller than everyone else he's very lanky very lanky long fingernails strange poses yeah he's strange movements he's very, he's very physically awkward hmm. movements definitely mirror the uh shrek version max shrek yeah but um they had this sort of like almost more more rodent more pathetic yeah because they they, they almost um, weirdly almost because they humanize, humanize him a little bit more he almost seems more pathetic and more rodent right but at the same time it's something that I really like about how they do um, like Del Toro and like Pan's Labyrinth for instance like because they're human acted they are human-esque but just they navigate the space differently than humans do mm-hmm. that makes them kind of like strange and uncomfortable that's that's the uncanny valley right there i think yeah they're just like he looks like a human but he doesn't move like a way a human usually except occasionally it's like a little bit too close for comfort almost yeah like you see something that's strange but it just reminds you it's like weirdly human but yeah not quite there because he kind of like moves very like very very stiffly and always kind of like hunched and outstretched and those giant fingernails yeah yeah I mean again I wish I don't want to like sing Klaus Kinsey's praises too much because you know terrible person but um yeah this movie is, is excellent and uh, his performance in this movie is excellent and um that is that is my take on the movie that's my take on the movie I think it is my favorite Dracula movie we've watched 
Um, I would say yes. Most of the, to be fair, I don't think I really like most of the other Dracula movies we watched. I do like the Bela Lugosi Dracula quite a lot. I think it has its charms to it. Yeah, I think. Well, I just think that that movie. We don't have to get into it too much, but that movie is largely carried by Lugosi and the parts where he's not on screen. Uh, the movie takes such a precipitous dive. Is <laughs> the big problem with that movie? Yeah, but um, and it's it's kind of it's also a very different type of movie. Like it is go, going through these. So we were talking about like what this podcast was mm-hmm. and like how because we, we clearly don't have like the um, we're not coming from an expert field I am not an expert in horror I like didn't even watch that much horror pre this you know it just it was a genre that I thought of in the very where I was growing up you know, the era I grew up in horror meant slasher films, mm-hmm. which held no appeal to me. Mm. So I've kind of stayed away from horror. So it's kind of like the base that we're building is basically on itself. So if we had watched this movie on its own, like it's like the first movie we watched, I don't know if I would think how I'd view it as opposed to now, where it's like I've got a bunch of other Draculas under my belt. And now I can view in terms of like, well, how does Dracula compare to these other Draculas? And how this genre is like, technically, like they're the same story, but they're like, they barely feel like they're in the same genre, even though they are. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the, it's not unique to horror movies, but it's certainly true of horror movies, is that the genre itself is sort of ill-defined. Yeah. Which is something we run across quite a bit. Um, so these movies, which are, both horror... I mean, these two movies that we're talking about, both definitely horror movies. And both, even horror movies that have the same storyline. Yeah. Managed to feel totally different because the tone... Which, tone is usually such an important thing in other genres. Yeah. But in horror movies, it the tone can vary fairly wild. Yeah, because this, this tone varies dramatically. Because one, like... The old Universal one is very, like, a shock and awe... Here's Dracula. He's a big, menacing, scary vampire. Mm. He's almost like... He's a larger-than-life man, but he's still like a man. As opposed to this Nosferatu, which is more... It's a, like a figure beyond humanity to some extent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the way she finds the beat is like like old... Well, it's, like, it's like an old proverb or like old rhymes... Or something, right? Where she finds the what? The solution to beat him. She finds him in that, in that book that uh, they gave... Um, what's his name? Harker. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... So it's like an old fo- book of folklore. Or yeah, and yeah. folklore is something that kind of like transcends... This concept of transcending humanity rather than just a very scary human person. Mm. Yeah, he's definitely a sort of like... Representative of this older idea of a vampire yeah whereas and folklore itself is always kind of meant to be an idea mm. first and then an actual you know woodland creature second <laughs> see what I mean exactly exactly like that um alright well I think that covers Nosferatu the Vampire that does cover Nosferatu the Vampire this pretty, one this one was I feel like a sleepier cast I feel like 
the dim light, the pace of the movie. Yeah, we I think we were both having to read subtitles. We were both nearly unconscious by the end of the movie, which is which is not I think um, fair to the movie exactly. Like I don't really think this is a boring movie, but no, but it, it's a very like it it kind of demands your attention. Yeah, you get definitely prepared to like this movie is not not a sixty five minute horror horror romp. Yeah, this is like. This is a this is a European film. This is an art house movie. Yeah, and chances are you're gonna watch it in German, so you're gonna have to read. Yeah. Yeah, we watched the we chose to watch the German version with the English subtitles. There is an English version. Um, it just seemed like maybe considering all the actors were German, that we probably should just watch the German version yeah. and not have the weird, you know, the sort of uh, uh, labored pronunciation. Of yeah, or some that that weird phonetic pronunciation yeah. you get. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we'd like to start taking uh, listener questions and comments on the show. Oh, if you have a message, I'll take. Um, I'll run advertisements. Uh, Andrew's gonna run his own advertisements. If you have a, if you have a, uh, a Dracula, Dracula related products, only Dracula related products. If you have a Dracula related product or anything else, you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail at five zero eight eight one seven three four zero eight. We will uh, play it on the air if you want, or just answer your question. Um, is there an email address too? There it seems like there ought to be one. There is an email address because I would never call a telephone line. Yeah, well, some people like to on podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there's you gotta you gotta hit all bases. Um, you can definitely email me at matt at goldenagehorror That will get uh, your thing on the air. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash here, or you can follow me on Twitter at the Water Method or Andrew at Pizza Pranks. Um, Andrew has his own website www.pizzapranks.com where he makes video games and things yeah um, interactive storytelling interactive storytelling new media um, the theme music is the Swan Lake Dub by Dubology um, if you liked the podcast please leave us a rating or review on iTunes you can check out our website for more information. All this stuff is also on the website. If you didn't like the podcast, pretend you did. Leave us a good rating anyway. Yeah, there's really no reason if you didn't like the podcast to just take it any further than that. Just, yeah, just, you know? just accept that you didn't like it. You know, five stars doesn't hurt anyone. Five you, stars doesn't hurt anyone. If you're going to leave a rating, that clicking that one star, clicking that five star, same amount of effort. Yeah. If you're going to leave a rating, just leave us a five star rating is all we're saying. And if you want to leave us a rating on Stitcher or whatever, on one of the other things... Google Play. Google Play, I guess. Uh, I'm sure... That I, AOL keyword Dracula. Someone just mentioned uh, Tune In on a different podcast I was new today, so I have to see what that is so I can see if we can get on that. Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. That's what I use. Um, there's yeah. a, new, a new one that I... It has a... I'm not advertising this. Some of the visions. Do you like it? Is it a good product? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to listen to... If you want to use desktop and mobile. Oh, I, use, I use iTunes for that. Cause it, well, I don't buy into that infrastructure so yeah itunes is a terrible product but it does allow you to synchronize your podcasts like play position and desktop and mobile yeah. app which is useful i uninstalled it yeah and quicktime i said burn it all to the ground i did uninstall quicktime although i do occasionally have to decline to reinstall it <laughs> um yeah so you can check out um there's an ebook that I wrote about the first uh, 15 or 20 movies that we did for this podcast called Universal Era yeah the Universal Era and movies peripheral to it it is I believe 99 cents right now 
Um, most likely it will be free for Halloween though. So if you want to just oh. wait till then, I will make it free for Halloween. Halloween's this we're we're approaching the spooking season. Yep, actually we're not that far away. And the um, there's also I did write an essay about Nosferatu a couple years ago that I don't think I ever put on anything. I can uh, I think I'm going to drag that out and put it on the website <laughs> for uh, celebrating this um, Nosferatu Nosferatu episode. Um, also, in synchronous synchronicity type events. Yeah. Um, we Andrew and I are on another podcast called the Actual Play Network podcast, which is a live role playing game podcast. An actual play podcast. An yeah. actual play podcast. As 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 is popular, I feel like the tea's hit us finally. The what? I feel like the caffeine is finally hitting us a little bit. At least it's finally hitting me. And um, anyway, it's synchronous because we just wrapped up. Um, the game we just played was Vampire the Requiem, which is a vampire. horror movie vampire game. And uh, I played a Nosferatu in it, which is a character class which yeah. you play as a Nosferatu, who looks like a Nosferatu from the movie that we just watched. I think there's a real... How, how, how long was our extended Ghostbusters riff? It was a while. Andrew and I... Um, <sighs> so the Nosferatu have an underground city. We went there... We real Nosferatu's are the vampires that can't go out and pass for human because they look like they're little rat face guys. Yeah. So we imagine that they had never seen popular movies, but heard a lot about them and wanted to approximate them. So me and Andrew acted out a Nosferatu interpretation interpretation of the movie Ghostbusters. Yes, which is a good bit. Okay, it's a good bit. I don't know. It's like five minutes long. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the podcast. Yeah. That sounds it. That was, that was our postscript and our post-postscript. Yeah. Our so, post-post-postscript. Thank you for listening. And I apologize for dog breathing noises. That's a preview for the wolf. Yeah.